This is Shane. Here's the jump hook. It's good. Sykes has it. Half-court knee for the win. He got it! Baked it in for the win! And now we've got a battle. Kareem against Shades. Doug Moe trying to get his players back. They don't want a technical foul. They're still in a, in a lock here. Kareem has got a headlock on Shades. This is Shays and Higgins. This is Shays and Higgins, but with Mario Sacco filling in uh, for Brian on assignment, obviously in South Bend, as the SU women's team takes the floor tomorrow against Notre Dame. Danny. Where in the world is Danny today? Uh, where's he taking us to? You actually still enjoying Orlando, although it's a cold, rainy day today. So it's a good day to be indoors talking sports, SU hoops. Even after a rough night, uh, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see where we end up today. <laughs> Danny, you hit it on the head. Uh, rough outing for Syracuse last night. They fall to Pitt, sixty-four fifty-three. Uh, as SU shoots, you know, thirty percent, less than thirty percent. Um, in the basketball game, they shot 30% from the floor, but uh, three-point range, 19%. What are your initial thoughts out of that basketball game last night? And you know, where does SU go from here? You're now two games under 500. You know, when you, when you watch the game, it I, again, it was kind of another of the similar pattern where they played strong the first half. Even though they didn't shoot the ball well, they had a lead. Then, you know, Pitt made a little run at halftime. And then second half, the you know, the cupboard was bare. Nothing, no real adjustments. Uh, nothing to substitute, obviously, with uh, uh, Samir Torrance hurt. They didn't have any place to go at the guard. Uh, you know, Joe sh- shooting an offer, Buddy shooting an offer. Uh it's, you know, it was tough to get, uh, you know, kind of any adjustments, you know, anything to do. But, you know, we've just kind of see this this similar mechanism of, uh, you know, just kind of fading in the second half. I don't know, you know, not not just not playing well, but, you know, teams, uh, you know, shooting poorly the first half and then 50% plus the second half. So whether it's a case of, you know, they're making adjustments and we're not, uh, because, again, not much adjustments to make, or if we're, you know, kind of running out of steam without having, uh, you know, rotation, uh, you know, but again, that that's kind of a consistent pattern. Uh, you know, teams scout; they're going to continue just to say, "Hey, let's here's what works: pressure the pressure the two guards, make somebody else beat you, and uh, let's you know let's you know wear them out best we can." So, uh, you know, I think you're going to see uh, you know that kind of mechanism unless uh, you know we make a little style change. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We want to hear what you guys have to say after Syracuse loss on the road at Pittsburgh last night, and you talked about um, the way that, that Syracuse shot the basketball. Uh, um, you know, Cole Swatter goes one of seven from behind the arc. Joe Girard goes one of six. Buddy was just four of 15 uh, from three-point range. Is it, you know, how these teams are, are playing them now, Danny, that that's, you know, Syracuse is shooting poorly? And we had Alan Griffin on. Uh, Steve did in in the Orange Nation segment. He said, "You know, we're getting looks, just not knocking them down." You know, I see it on the flip side. I see it; these guys are taking tough concession shots, and they're not being able to get open. How do you see it? Well, yeah, I think in the second half, the ball movement really got poor. A lot of one-on-one, head-down dribbling, as you mentioned, tough shots with a guy on you. You know, this isn't a team where I necessarily see them winning shooting 50% of their shots from three. Clearly, they have three-point shooters, really good ones, uh, but they're not you know, break-it-down three-point shooters, right? They, you have to get some, you know, some action to draw the defenders in, whether it's a drive and kick, whether it's a, you know, throw the ball in the post once in a while. Uh, you know, Jimmy Beheim is normally a good post player, but I've seen him kind of give up position where he's catching the ball two steps off the lane instead of in the box. Uh, you know, Jesse Edwards getting better, uh, but not a guy who's a feature part of the offense. 
Uh, but getting to the rim with force, you know, drive, like I said, drive and finish, drive and kick. Uh, Buddy getting to the foul line, those elbows or a step inside. I think those are the shots that we kind of gave up on in the second half and just, uh, uh, you know, continued to try and launch from three. It wasn't working. We just, you know, give them runouts. You know, of course, long shots make long rebounds, uh, gave them runouts, uh, you know, big rebound advantage on both ends. And we really did not make any presence on the offensive glass. Danny, I'm going to play a quick bite for you. It's Jim Beheim after last night's game talking about Jesse, and I want to get your initial thoughts on what he had to say. We apologize. Uh, the audio quality isn't the greatest. I felt from the beginning when he came to Syracuse it would take him three years to get to be able to be a contributor. And people's expectation, we need him to do more, but I don't think he's capable of it. I think he's get, has gotten better. But when he catches the ball down low and tries to make a move, he can't even get a shot up. Initial thoughts on that. Do you take it as coach throwing him under the bus like like some people are? I mean, he had nine rebounds last night, eight points. Uh, I just thought he was stating the facts. You know, he, he does need to get stronger, and especially when you're going up against a guy like Hughley. Well, certainly he's made a breakthrough year. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any question about that. From the begin, even from the beginning of this year, to kind of where he had that breakout game, twenty plus, and then his confidence just caught up with him, right? And he's able to contribute so much, playing so more uh, with so much more aggression. Uh, you know, he's he's not really a feature of the low post because they don't go to him, right? It's a little chicken and egg thing, yeah. right? If uh, you know, he needs the opportunities to get better, and he's not going to get the opportunities unless he's good, right? So uh, I think the last couple games he has, you know, they've thrown the ball to him in the post, and actually I think he has kind of come through. Those little jump hooks, especially the, you know, that 45-degree bank shot jump hook, he's, he's been effective. Uh, left hand is still weak, so teams are going to force him that direction, so that's a, an area of improvement. Uh, but for a guy who came out of nowhere, I think he's contributing way more than was expected of him. And I think that, uh, you know, this team is going to get to the point pretty quickly where they're going to have to make a decision, either kind of continue down this Titanic path or they're going to need to, uh, you know, to, you know, take some of the good with the bad, right? They're going to need yeah. to get the ball inside to keep the defenses honest, at least keep those defenders have a reason to turn their head around. You know, Hughley, a big, strong 280, you know, 280-pound guy, Sure, tough to play against, uh, you know. But I think uh, you know Jesse is on the cusp of being good, and you know clearly there's there's way more headroom to go, uh, you know, from the physicality standpoint. Uh, but he's also a guy who had a big advantage running the floor. Tough to run the floor with no bench, right? You can't yep. wear your guys out. So that's you know kind of a give and take uh, on the defensive end. Obviously, foul trouble uh, has gotten him, uh, you know, at times where if he gets in foul trouble early. Tough to play with aggression, right? So that, that gets him back into thinking instead of reacting. But the times where he can just play freely, I think he's really contributed. Um, uh, you know, we're not a good pick and roll team for two reasons. One is, you know, clearly our picks need to be bigger, right? Jesse's not a physical guy to drill somebody. Yeah. But we don't execute the guard play, right? We come off picks, you know, wide, let the defenders get through. We're not driving defenders into screens. So, uh, you know, Jesse's done, I think, a, a pretty good job on the pick and roll uh, just to, again, keep the defenders honest with that hard hard roll. So there's, you know, there's a lot there. But, uh, you know, I mean, clearly more headroom to go. But I think, uh, you know, I would give Jesse a little more credit than Coach just did. Interesting. I'll get back into that with you in just a little bit. But let's go to the phone lines right now. we got John in Syracuse uh, wanting to chime in about last night's game. John, you there? Hey, good afternoon. I'm, can you hear me? Yep, we got you, bud. 
I'll be quick. Thanks for the time. I uh, kind of echoed uh, on another radio program with what uh, Danny just said about Jesse Edwards, and I'm I'm seeing guys on Syracuse uh, not to single anybody out, but specifically last night one of our uh, better scorers was probing the lane, dribbling the ball, but. Jesse's asking for the ball, and he's open, but he's not getting in the ball. I'm thinking Jesse should be taking more shots per game, but they're not getting in the ball. Maybe he's not presenting himself enough. But anyways, my other uh, thoughts were real quick. I'd like to see Samir start if he comes back healthy. I think that's his natural position. Put Gerard at the two, the Bayheim. Uh, put uh, Buddy Bayheim at, the, at, at a three-guard spot. But then what do you do with... Uh, Swider and uh, Jimmy Beheim. I'd like to hear your comments on that because that's you got six guys for five spots if you play three guards, obviously. And then the only other comment was, uh, you know, I just think as far as uh, playing time, we have no bench now, and I think that's just a uh, you know result of what happened in the previous years. We had talent there, but they just didn't see the court enough. Thanks for the time, John. Thanks for the phone call. We uh, appreciate it, and I'll hit. Just real quickly, you know, Syracuse zero bench points last night. It doesn't help when the most bench play you've been getting over these last stretch of games has come from Torrance, Danny, and, and, and Samir couldn't play last night uh, with that knee injury. Uh, let's go back to the Jesse thing real quick, and he talks about, you know, uh, if it be Buddy getting into the lane and, and Jesse not getting touches of the basketball. You know, is that more of the style Syracuse is playing this, this year, or is it, you know, Jesse not developed more on the offensive end? Well, I don't think really, you know, maybe since Ronnie Cycli has we had an offense that's been really focused around center play, right? Syracuse not known to be a center's yeah. school, right? Guard-oriented. Uh, and again, not saying that's a plus or minus, right? There aren't that many good centers anymore because the position isn't really taught. Uh, but Syracuse has always been kind of a you know, center to, you know, to, to anchor the defense uh, and then just take opportunity offense, right? Not a system that's run around throwing the ball into the post. Um, to take advantage for a guy like Jesse, uh, is going to take some deliberateness, right? They do run a lot of screens with him, screen and roll, uh, and he has effect, he has been effective being tall and long, you know, with those high passes. He does a very good job of keeping the ball up, you know, when he gets it on those rolls, you know, not bringing it down for, you know, for uh, you know for reach ins, knock the ball away, keeps it above his head, uh, you know, catch and, and and short dunk, catch and layups. He's done that real well. Uh, you're not super physical at cracking guys on the screens, right? It's more of a kind of a half screen slip just to get a you know get an opportunity. But to be a post player, like you know, to throw it in the post takes a little planning, right? It's you know, it's swinging the ball, teaching the guy how to get a deep position. So he's, you know, got you know, what we call straddle the hash mark. He's on that the, the side of the lane, that first so, hash mark above the block, so he can go both directions. And, and I think it, you know, this is a team that makes a deliberate attempt to get the ball inside, and that's something that uh, you know that takes a little bit of planning. And you talked about, you know, getting that right position. You see, you know, sometimes Jesse catching the ball 15 feet away from the hoop, and and, and that's not his strength. It, it's it's catching it as you mentioned, you know, straddling that. That, that hash and, and taking, if it be one dribble and slamming it home. Um, and, and, you know, obviously it comes on the guard play as well to get him the basketball. Uh, another thing he touched on, Danny, and we'll just mention it real quick before we head back to the phone lines. He mentioned, you know, he'd like to see Samir Torrance out there. And, and you got the give and take with that, Danny, and, and that's how I see it. You see, you know, you start a guy like Samir, but it, then you move Buddy and bump him down to the three. Maybe you're losing more on the defensive side of things. How do you see that line of when it's out there working? 
Well, clearly Syracuse has to give different looks, right? Anyone's going to start teeing you up if you just do if you just give them a menu of the same thing over and over and over and over. And so, you know, what he's talking about is that, uh, you know, right now we've got our uh, our our lineup of shooters, right? And then you got Jimmy in the post and and Jesse, you know, being active. But the, there's no other real look. It's hard to go small. Hard to go big, right? That although the one position we seem to have a lot of bodies at is the is the that four or five, right? We've got Frank Anselm coming in. You've got John Bolajac, who's played some now. Obviously, uh, Brahma Sidibe getting a few minutes. Uh, so that's kind of the one position that we've got bodies. Uh, but what he's talking about is giving a different look. Samir comes in uh, that more traditional Syracuse long, quick. Uh, defender at the point, penetrator on offense, surround him with shooters for drawn kicks or get to the rim. They'll dump offs to Jimmy or Jesse. So that's a, uh, you know, kind of a natural, typical Syracuse kind of lineup. Joe is is an atypical Syracuse guard, right? Being a small uh, point guard, but a but a scoring point guard, right? I mean, obviously we know his history, one of the great high school scorers ever. Uh, but now his role has completely changed, be a ball handler distributor, which may not be his most natural position. Uh, so the, really the question is, again, you, you can debate whether it should be you know, starting this way and adjusting to that or starting at the adjustment and going back to the, you know, whichever yeah. way you want to play it. But the key is this team has to be able to f- come up with some different looks or else what's the, you're going to see what you get. And that is teams make adjustments uh, game after game. It's going to get tougher and tougher for the guards to score as they learn what other teams are doing successfully. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's just not much there to go to uh, as far as uh, giving a different look offensively. So Samir being hurt is, is, a, is a really big challenge for this team. I mean, for the first 18 games, we weren't talking about this offense and scoring. You know, it, it's been these last two where you've scored 59 points at Duke. You've scored 53 at Pittsburgh. Um, that, that the offense is, you know, has, has lacked, you know, putting the ball in the basket. Um, Danny, we're going to go right back to the phone lines one more time. we got Pat in Syracuse. Pat. Thanks for calling back in and uh, waiting on hold for us. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Look, I want to be clear about what I'm saying. I don't know if I'm there yet, um, but I know there's fans out there that are very close to the program um, that are rooting for them to lose. I mean, literally, I'm not there yet because I I don't want to turn the page in 10 years when I'm looking at one of my – one of my uh, reference books, you know, on on the program – I don't want to be able to look at that and, and, and see a bad record. I, it'll just leave a sour taste in my mouth. But there are people that want to turn the page uh, both metaphorically and, you know, physically when they are looking at that record book down the road and just turn the page. And, and, and they think, like, the worse, this, the, the worse this ship sinks, the faster, the quicker we can turn the page. And you know what? That's That's – it's hard to argue. Um, I'm not there, but I can tell you there's people I'm close with that I consider high-level fans that have donated money, that have been season tick holders for 30 years or more, um, that are there. And I sense that um, sitting in the, sitting in some of these good seats, um, you know, talking to high donors, um, even when Hopkins was there and, you know, they were waiting for Hopkins to take over for Jim. I mean, this is reality. People can spin it however they want. Look, you could be the CEO of a major company that wins awards, right? But if for 10 years your performance that you set a standard, like Jim Beheim set the standard, so he's got to live up to it. And if he doesn't, how can anyone chastise anyone for questioning that? And, and that's what I'm hearing. 
on this, on, not on this, just just these airways and this show, but uh, but by anybody in the media that like Jim Beheim doesn't need protection from anybody. He can protect himself. He's a big boy. He's handled the Bernie Fine thing. Like I'll I'll never forget. Like people can say what they want, and this is not about Bernie Fine, but that was a very stressful time for him, and he faced it as best he could. And I, and I'll always respect Jim for that. He did. So, some people would have crumbled ten times worse. So Jim's a big boy. He can handle it. But look, the way I look at it is it's a chicken and the egg. There's two chicken and egg scenarios here. What happened first? Um, Did Mike Hopkins want to leave first, or did Mike Hopkins know that Jim wanted to stay first? That's one chicken and egg story, and I I think I have the answer, but I'm not going to give it. The other chicken and the egg story is what happened first with Jimmy coming versus the other guys going, okay? Because you can't tell me for one minute that both Braswell, Newton, and Quincy were all going to leave if if the name Jimmy Beheim wasn't in the equation. That's a huge problem for this team. Jimmy's a great player in his own right. He's got a skill set, but he is a terrible mix with these other guys. I mean, it's comical. And I listen to everybody talk about this team potentially being better than last year at, throughout the preseason and, and, and even after a couple losses. There was no chance of that happening. You put Kadari Richmond in this zone, and I don't, I don't – I don't care what he's doing at Seton Hall. He's had a good year, actually, on a, on a solid team where he has a justifiable reduced role with two or three guards that are as good or better than him. That's why they're a top-15 team and we're not. If Kadari Richmond was on this team, he'd be an all-conference player, hands down. He'd have three or four steals a game. He'd have seven or eight assists a game. He'd have seven or eight rebounds, which, oh, by the way, you go back and watch the game, Phil, which I, which I, which I hope Jim still has the time to do. You'll, he'll, you'll see five or six points in that game where Joe and Buddy should have got a rebound. But according to him, guards aren't recruited to get rebounds. I mean, he just lies to himself. And Jim Beheim's the most honest person Pat, in Syracuse. Pat, Pat, let, let, hold on, Pat, 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 Pat. Let me do this. Let's let's get to what you're where you're going. Yeah. Okay, so I got the rant. I appreciate it. Um, and so the, the short answer at the beginning is, it's, first of all, it's really easy to defend what's going on right now and very easy to talk about why your friends who are looking for the team to do poorly are whiners and bitchers. Okay? Uh, you have a situation where there's no benefit to the team not fighting to win every game. It's not the pros. You don't tank and get a high draft pick. Uh, this is a team that is having a transition year, you know, as all teams do in this, in this era. Right with you know, with teams you know, you know, rotating players at a much higher rate than ever because of the transfer portal. Uh, so, uh, you know, coach talked earlier about that fourth guard. He said, "Well, teams, you know, players know I've got two starters playing big minutes. I got, uh, you know, now Samir in. So it's tough to get a fourth guard to sit behind and wait for a year. Today's game, as you mentioned, because of the transfer portal, doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, embrace the role of development." For either the player side or the coach's side, coaches got to win. They're bringing in players. Players want to play right now. They think that they're all, uh, you know, the next uh, lottery pick, and so there, there's very few who want to develop. You have Benny Williams coming in, a five-star prospect, who the expectations were high. You know, has not played out yet as he's developing, and he's been very clear about that himself. That he needs to develop more. His plan is to stick it out here and develop here, right? So that's a, you know, was a big question mark. Jesse having a breakthrough year is, is I think, you know, the you know, a great bright spot uh, for this team. Frank Anselm playing better than you know, obviously missed last year. So there's there's a lot of good things going on here. If you look at this team that lost three close games, that has them 
you know, over 500 in the conference instead of below, different, you know, three baskets or four baskets different, we're talking, having a whole different conversation. Now, let's talk, you do want to talk about the Jim Beheim situation, a guy with a track record, you know, almost second to none, right? A relationship with a school that's un, unmatched in college history and, uh, you know, still sharp, uh, you know, in a very tough conference where the whole conference is going through a down year. So look, 46 years, you're not going to hit, you know, be perfect every year, right? And sometimes fans, you, you know, the team, you know, puts together a group, looks good on paper, may not pan out. Other years, they squeak into the tournament, you know, and win a bunch of games in the NCAA tournament, right? And where you go, wow, oh, wow, we went to the Final Four, we weren't expected to do anything. So that's your bonus year. And at the end of the day, all that, um, you know, all that kind of balances out. So you take the good with the bad. So if you're a longtime donor who, oh my God, we're having a, you know, a, a subpar year. And so, you know, F everybody, F Bayheim, F this, F that, then you're the wrong guy. Okay. So, uh, so, so there's my take on that. Let's talk about Jimmy Bayheim. Uh, I thought when Jimmy came in here, uh, you know, and I started to watch him play early, you know, good low post player gives them an element they don't have. Uh, you know, and, they, and you know, Quincy last year was was a very athletic player, but not a good not a good player in the post. Uh, where Jimmy's a much better post player, and Quincy had his other other strengths, right? And uh, uh, again, a different different style player. Now, you know, you you put Jimmy with a different mix. Uh, you know, if you had a uh, you know a, you know more quickness at the point guard spot or or length or size. Uh, you know, again, you know, Joe is a tough match because. Again, not a prototypical Syracuse player. I think, as I've talked, playing out of his natural style of play. You know, more a, a, a scoring guard. Uh, you know, he's three quarters scoring guard, one quarter point guard, and now he's playing three quarters point guard, one quarter scoring guard. Okay, so, uh, so if you're looking at a guy who's the tough fit, you know, I look at, at Joe as much as he. I respect what he's done to, to, uh, if you want to say, sacrifice his natural game for the benefit of the team. Uh, and he's played great in stretches. Again, just say, uh, you know, there's a matchup uh, that is something that has to be managed. Q's cannot win games with this team scoring 50 plus, you know, 50 ish points, right? Their defense isn't strong enough to hold teams into the 40s and 50s, right? So, um, and, uh, you know, depth right now is really the issue. They're kind of one guy short at that 2 3 spot, right? They, if they had a, uh, you know, another, you know, uh, a ties battle with somebody, you know, at you know, that level at a, you know, at that spot, you know, that'd be eight deep and we'd be having a whole different conversation. So the missing is kind of, you know, is that one guy at the two, three, that combo player there uh, who can give you a new look. And that's, you know, ideally was going to be Benny Williams. So, you know, that's something that has not matured the way it's supposed to. So there's my, there's my long-winded short take on that. And, uh, uh, you know, Coach Beheim is, a, you know, is a, you know, has a legendary relationship here with the Orange. And it's gonna, he's going to be here until he's ready to be done. We'll get back more into that. Danny, Pat, thanks for your call. I don't mean to cut you off, but we got to get to a break here. Run a little bit behind. Uh, you're listening to ESPN Radio Syracuse as well as on QSportsTalk.com. We'll be right back after this. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is Shays and Higgins. It is Shays and Higgins, except Mario Sacco filling in for Brian Higgins as uh, 
We got FanDuel here. The NFL Conference Championships are here to celebrate. FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with 30 to 1 enhanced odds for either conference championship game. Bet $5, you can win 150 on any team to either win the conference championship games. You can just sign up now at FanDuel Sportsbook and make a deposit to claim your 30 to 1 enhanced odds. Says there's no better place to bet the NFL playoffs than America's number one sportsbook. It's simple and easy. Just download that app and you can use it safe and secure. And when you win, FanDuel will pay your winnings in a little less than two hours. Already have a FanDuel account. FanDuel is hooking all customers up with $50 when you refer a friend. Plus, a friend will get that $50 too. Don't miss your chance to win $150 of a $5 bet. You can use the promo code SHAYS at SYR or at SHAYSU. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Use that promo code and pick your conference championship team right before kickoff. Yeah, it must be 21 year older to be present. New users only. A $10 first deposit is required. Must wager in the designated market. Max bet of $150 as restrictions do apply. See those full, ter- full terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Got a gambling problem? Call 1 877 8 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY. That's 467 369. Danny, now that we got that out of the way and, and I mumbled through it a little bit, uh, Download the FanDuel app and go place your bets there. Make it a little better. Let's head back to the phone lines. Uh, is it Dave we got? Dave in Syracuse joining us. Dave, thanks for joining us on Shays and Higgins. Hi. Uh, this is a question for Danny Shays. And <clears throat> I think I'm right, but I'm wondering why Syracuse doesn't employ the services of a big man, an experienced big man, somebody who's been in the NBA or otherwise, to teach their big men. As I understand it, Adrian Autry does that. Dave, he does, for yeah. Call. Actually, yeah, thank, thank you for the call. They're, I mean, essentially what, they, what the team does is they've got their, you know, the roster of assistant coaches and they kind of divide up by position. And, uh, uh, you know, they've, uh, again, this is a kind of a, uh, has historically has been more of a guard dominant uh, program. Uh, so they haven't really made the focus. Uh, you know, Bernie Fine originally in my era was the big man's coach. Again, not a uh, you know previous big man, but uh, uh, you know that's the just the direction they go. Adrian's a terrific coach. That you know all their coaches are are very knowledgeable former players, and uh, so that's just again the direction they go. It's a uh, uh, I don't have a great answer as to why they don't focus more on it, but uh, uh, you know again you talk to coach and he says there just aren't many. Bigs in the in the NCA anymore, right? Teams don't necessarily coach it; they don't use it. Uh, the three-point line is a bigger weapon, and uh, you know there's just you know very few teams, you know, in, in his mind that use a center. So I'm more of an old-school guy, but uh, uh, but again, it, that's his program and that's that philosophy. Danny, your co-partner on this show, Brian Higgins, is going to join us after the break. Uh, we'll get back into the SU men's basketball talk. Uh, we'll shoot a couple of questions Brian's way, get his thoughts on last night's game. We're going to step aside for a quick break. You're listening to ESPN Radio here in Syracuse and Utica, as well as watching us on QSportsTalk.com. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Shays and Higgins. It is Shays and Higgins, Mario Sacco alongside you today, as well as Danny Shays, sponsored by Ferone Sons Funeral Home, as we are joined by one of the guys' names on this show, Brian Higgins from South Bend, Indiana. Brian, 
Uh, let's go back and look at the basketball game back last night a little bit. Uh, and Danny and I and everyone, you know, harping on how bad this team shot the ball. You know, less than 31% from the field. Three-point range, you're less than 20%. Um, is this more what we're going to see coming down the stretch from this basketball team? Or do you take these two games on the road and chalk them up as, you know, just bad nights and move on? Well, uh, guys, uh, good to see you here on uh, after a miserable night of watching Q's basketball last night, or at least a miserable second half. I'll quote myself to you. Here's what here's what I tweeted after the game, and this is you know the emotion of it all. But I think you get a sense from the callers and the tenor of the town and what everyone's feeling. And it, we've all watched a ton of Q's basketball, Danny. I'm sure you've watched more than the rest of us, but. I, for my entire life, I can remember I've been watching Hughes basketball games. So I said something to think, you know, I don't know how many hours I've watched. It's a lot. I've watched a lot of Hughes basketball. The last hour last night ranks very close to the bottom of the list of what I've seen for a lot of reasons. It wasn't just they played bad. Yeah, they played. We all know they played bad. Last night was terrible. They stunk in the second half. That's not a debate. Um, is it the worst that Syracuse basketball has ever played? I'm sure it's not. But when you combine in where the season is going and you're, you're looking to the future and trying to find hope and it's not there, I think that's where everyone is getting hit with it, that you're looking at it two games under 500, can't beat a team that you just beat by 16. How in the world are they going to get to where this team has been every year of your memory? Like legitimately every year I can remember – that it's been an option. At at worst, you had to turn on the selection show. Um, the 2015 team wasn't going to make it, but they were banned, so you didn't have to worry. Like, I, I realize that's like an asterisk, but it didn't matter. Every other year there was a selection show. You had to watch the show, even if you didn't think they were going to get in. Right now, that's not the case, and I, I think that's where it's hitting people. W what I will say, this is, sounds stupid for it to be a good thing because everyone's you know mad today and uh, big mad about it. Thank goodness people are still mad because what's worse than mad is apathetic. Yeah. All you had to do is look at the stands last night at Pittsburgh. You know, those right. fans have thrown them by the wayside. And my dad was in the stands last night and he said, son, it, this isn't what this program is built up. And, and is Syracuse trending in that direction? I, I don't know, Brian. Well, and that, I, I hope not. And, and Danny, I hope not because that, that's the worry. Right now people are mad. And you'd rather be happy than mad. You'd love for this team to be top 10 in the country and win in a bunch of games. That's not what has happened this year. And it stinks. It's not fun. But thank goodness people still care, Danny. At least that's the case right now. Exactly. But to follow up on your point, you know, they're you know, kind of looking at the future. You know, one of the things that sucks about baseball is a third of the teams know they're out of it. Uh, you know, the first month of the year, another third know they're out of it. You know, by the third month of the season, and mm -hmm. uh, which which is no way to enjoy the rest of the season. So I think that's kind of you know what you're getting at when you look at a short roster getting into the NCAA tournament, and Cuse being you know way on the outside uh, looking in. You know, not the uh, you know what is it way they're a year away from being a year away, right? As far as being on the you know getting into the bubble, uh, you know, not even like they can't even don't even have the bubble stuff to blow the bubble, let alone to be near the bubble. So uh, so that's something that's got to change. Can it change for the year? Sure, right? I mean, again, you know, they've got to stretch over the next six or seven games that they can put together as win streak, uh, you know, come out six and two, they're back in the mix, right? Um, 
So uh, we, we've talked about those close losses, the coming back to haunt you, right? So that's where they are. Uh, but even even in a year that's that's not, let's say the year stays this way, right? And it's just not a great year. They're going to go to the NIT because they draw well. So that's you know the worst case scenario. Um, you know, so again, forty six years once in a while. Uh, you know, year's not going to go your way. Uh, but now you're, as you mentioned, looking kind of to the future with with it being so easy to bounce around. Right now, the competition for players has gotten just so much fiercer uh, when you see schools like an Auburn, you know, Baylor, the, you know, teams that, uh, you know, all over the place who are popping up uh, as quality teams. And I can, you know, you can try them out. Right. You know, the you know, the ability to draw players, uh, you know, Cuse is, you know, is, is the question is, is there ability as a, you know, considered a blue blood or, you know, one of the premier programs and you know that's the thing that that really is needs to be protected and you know hopefully it's not on the line right with so many teams from around the country you know now showing up uh, you know tougher in the standings well and, and you're right Danny and ne- and never before in the sport has next year been so not tied to this year yeah. like next year who like and that's not just Syracuse like who knows what the roster of the players could be next year and coach Beheim for years has been very selective with transfers and usually when he took them over the years he took the right ones you know and it's a very short list you're looking at leo routens and west johnson michael benigier and realistically i'm not missing on many people when i say just three people uh going through that list that's just not what it is anymore like you need to get him every year now and it's a whole thing it's a, a different ball game the good news for syracuse fans is okay this year hasn't worked for eight million different reasons to write off next year because of this year, I think, is short-sighted. And hopefully, guys, I mean, the hope is that, yeah, last night stunk. It was terrible. We get it. And what? And it was bad. That's what it was. The hope is they can do something here, at least in the next few weeks, to make at least make the ACC tournament interesting, at least, at least whet our appetite that the guys have that Jerry type of run in their holster to at least – at least get you watching that. Thing. Yeah, and what we saw last well, night was – I'm sorry, Danny, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. No, what good. we saw last night was few and far between with this basketball team. You, you know, we've seen them lose basketball games, and Danny mentioned their five losses until they've gotten blown out these last two games, and I say blown out against Pitt. They lost by double digits. They lost those five games, guys, by 14 points. And, and whatever reason, if it be, you know – Free tour shooting at the end, not, you know, turning the basketball over. Yeah, they lost those basketball games, and you are who you are. Um, but we could be talking about a, a completely different basketball team if this team was 14-6. Let's be honest, this team beat Florida State on the road, a very good Florida State team. Uh, beat an Indiana team that's, that's one of the better Big Ten teams in, in, in the Big Ten. So it's capable that they can do these things, and it's also capable that you can go out and score 53 points against the god-awful Pittsburgh team, which we saw last night. Exactly. And so, Mario, to your point, let's not over-catastrophize where we are, right? I mean, a bad half, uh, I, I think we're really seeing how important, uh, you know, Samir Torrance can be to this team and maybe even more important, uh, hopefully comes back strong. Uh, you know, we're seeing a Jesse Edwards who's really, uh, you know, coming into his own. Uh, you know, we've got obviously some things to work out, but, uh, you know, this team is close to being in the mix. And, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks, uh, as you and I have been talking, Brian, recently, is going to be a big deal. I mean, kind well, of the make we, or break we, time. We talked yesterday about, okay, it's an eight game stretch that you got to make your hay. Well, now it's a seven game stretch and you didn't make hay in the first one of it. So it, it starts mm-hmm. adding up and you get a, a decent 
and rising Wake Forest team coming into the Dome on on Saturday. And, and last night, Danny, what, what kind of stunk is we talked about it yesterday that and it ended up not being the case just because of that little injury. But we, we knew that barring that, Joe and Buddy were playing the full 40 minutes. You, sometimes you get great Joe and they're going in. Sometimes you get bad Joe. And it was a bad time for bad Joe to show up last night. And, he, and you could kind of feel it two, three minutes into the game. It's like he, he just doesn't have it. And you look at the bench and you're saying, well, <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing there. There's no guard sitting there, so we better find it. And he, it, 33 minutes into the game, no points, five turnovers, Danny. And, and it's tough. Like when, when the guy you need to lean on just doesn't have it on a night and there is not a plan B, Syracuse was stuck last night and there was no way out of it. Exactly. But, you know, it's funny. Every Look, as you mentioned, I've done a lot of basketball over my life. And every time you look at a 10-point game, you're sitting there going, okay, that's four possessions, right? Especially for this team. You look at how many balls they just kicked away. You know, Mario mentioned rebounds they didn't get. Joe's turnovers that, you know, unforced. Jimmy dribbling the ball off his foot. You know, you can find 20 plays that were just bad plays, right? It's not like they, you know, Pitt made some great super move or, you know, made a great move, ball didn't roll in. You know, maybe a bad shot, too much dribbling. Mm-hmm. It's These are all correctable things that turn that 10-point game into a five-point win or an eight-point win. And that's the frustrating part, right? For this team, doesn't really have the leeway. They have to play way better than they're playing. And uh, that's execution. It's, you know, not making those dumb mistakes. You know, not, you know they're not going to win the possession game on the boards. They're not going to win the possession game. Uh, you know, in the up and down, they have to you know win it by you know good execution, and we have smart veteran players who should be able to do that. All right, guys, uh, I, I do have my eyes on the clock here, uh, Mario. I I will I will lift the load off you a little bit, and just let everybody know if you're missing football on Thursdays. How about <laughs> the NBA on TNT on FanDuel? Lakers Sixers tomorrow. T Wolves Warriors. Here's a hit. Steph Curry's playing. Take the over on something. Yeah. Steph's going to do more of what he's expected at uh, you know one of the many many things he does. So uh, Steph Curry, he's always a good bet on something. It's the perfect way to turn a small bet into a big time score. Win or lose, you're guaranteed to get ten bucks added to your account. Ten dollars back every Thursday. Win or lose with TNT th- Thursdays. If you're new to FanDuel, how about promo code Danny to get your first bet risk free. One thousand dollars and make every moment more this NBA season is promo code Danny. Must be twenty one over and present in New York. I'm not present in New York, so I guess I'm out on this one. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable site credit expires in seven days. Max bonus ten dollars. Restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? It's one eight seven seven eight Hope NY. That's texting Hope NY as well at four six seven three six nine. And uh, guys, I'll be here in South Bend uh, tomorrow. Looking forward to this this women's game uh, tomorrow night. But we'll see. Talk about. Results turning around, yeah. Danny. The Orange got crushed in the fourth quarter of the first meeting. Uh, it was a good game up to that point. We're, we're hoping it turns around tomorrow here in South Bend for the ladies. Exactly. And uh, playing a tough team, right? So, uh, uh, fingers crossed. Brian, that's why your name's on the show, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for helping me out a little bit, all right? Uh, all right, boys. Uh, enjoy the uh, commiserating over uh, last night for the, <laughs> the next few minutes. All right, Brian. Thanks for joining us from South Bend. Uh, we'll step away for another break. Be back, uh, wrap things up here on Shays and Higgins. You're listening to us on ESPN Syracuse as well as ESPN in Utica and QSportsTalk.com. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is Shays and Higgins. Welcome back to Sh- Welcome back to Shays and Higgins. Sorry about that. Mario Sacco here alongside Danny Shays. 
Danny, we got about a couple minutes here left in the program, and and Syracuse right now, you're an SU basketball game team. You sit at nine and eleven, three and six in conference play. Uh, you know what? Are, what are what's going through your mind as as you hit the practice floor today? Sounds like we might have lost Danny there. Looks like it's it's me the rest of the way here. Maybe if if we can't get Danny back, but. As I was mentioning, SU coming off a 64-53 loss. And, and Tommy, I'll bring you in here briefly before we, we send things on our way. Uh, an SU basketball team that, that takes on Wake Forest um, on Saturday at, at the Dome. You know, A lot of hype surrounding that Wake Forest game. Is a, a couple of NBA guys are going to be in the building uh, uh, for it. But when I look at this SU basketball program and, and where it is, and, and people aren't wrong, for, for harping on it, and, and you're, you know, you, you have to show some passion, and, and it's glad that that a fan base like this has passion and, and can see, you know, want a bigger picture of things for this Syracuse basketball team, and and this bigger picture is, you know, you want them to to be a Final Four team, to be a Sweet Sixteen team, as as Carter called in and, and said, you know, I want this team in, in the Orange Nation segment of the program um, a couple hours ago. To be a top 25 team when you're in conference play, and that hasn't happened over these last 10 years. And and what is it? Is it the coaching? Is it you know not getting the the right recruits in? Is it um you know you're you're playing in a, a tougher conference, so to say, right now? It can be all those things, but but right now, SU isn't winning basketball games, and, and to win those basketball games, and, and it's going to come back to you know the the players that are out there and and, and coaching. And as we mentioned, as Danny mentioned numerous times, you know, you, you look at this team and, you know, a rebound here, getting the basketball, inbounding the basketball against Wake Forest. You, you got to win there over a team that's, you know, re- receiving votes, a, a good basketball team. Um, it, this team isn't a million miles off. This program isn't a million miles off that, that we continuously hear that it's trending, spiraling down, down you know, a, a toilet bowl, so to say. They're not. It, it's a matter of, you know, one guy here, one guy staying here, one guy not leaving here, and, and that's how I see it. And, and you know, I look at this basketball team coming in next year. Do I know anything about is this team going to be a, a a great basketball team next year? No, but I know that they did a great job recruiting guys. Who's going to stay? That that's neither here nor there. But you know, as far as this year's team, we have a lot to you know debate and, and talk about because they're a nine eleven basketball team. But I'm glad there's still fans out there uh, rooting, rooting for them day in and day out. You've been listening to Shays and Higgins. I'll be back tomorrow as Brian has the call from South Bend, Indiana. Thanks for listening here on QSportsTalk.com as well as ESPN Syracuse and Utica. Have a great night, everybody.